The morning school bell was clattering in the distance as Hope Gardner sandwiched her Volvo station wagon between Mrs. Moscone's Escalade and Janie Eagleton's Prius. She only nicked the Prius's bumper, or rather the plastic piece of junk that passed for a bumper these days, and the gentle thump went unnoticed by her two children in the back seat of her car. She wished she had the guts to ding the Escalade a little, just to make it fair, but the Cadillac belonged to Mrs. Moscone, and nobody wanted Mrs. Moscone mad at them. Her husband was from the hill in St. Louis, the kind of neighborhood where The Sopranos was considered a documentary. She wondered briefly whether she should leave a note, but that notion flew out of her head as the back door rocketed open. Bye, Mom, shouted Emma, her twelve-year-old. Emma was blonde, green-eyed, and filling out with a rapidity that surprised Hope, even though she had gone through the same transformation herself when she was her daughter's age. One moment a skinny kid, the next. And if she noticed, how much more quickly the boys noticed, too. More than anything, Emma wanted to grow up to be Gwyneth Paltrow, win an Oscar, and marry a rock star, more or less in that order. Hope didn't have the heart to tell her that the odds were several million to one against any of those things happening. But childhood was for dreaming. Emma would learn about the harsh realities of life soon enough. Emma was halfway across the schoolyard as Hope turned to Rory. Rory was different. Small for his age, he was skittish, unsure easily alarmed, especially for a ten-year-old. And right now his nose was running too. "'Come on, honey,' said Hope, wiping his face with a clean handkerchief and pulling his zipper up tight. "'You don't want to be late.' The first snarl of winter had come early to southern Illinois, and there was a stiff, chill breeze blowing into Edwardsville from the Mississippi, just a few miles to the west. Edwardsville was an exurb of St. Louis, but the big city across the river might as well be in a different country, not just another state. Edwardsville still had an old-fashioned, midwestern, small-town feel to it, and that's the way folks liked it. Nothing ever happened in Edwardsville. Rory snuffled again and wiped his nose on his sleeve. She could never get him to stop doing that. In the distance, they could both hear the school bell ringing, this time longer and louder. Hope got out of the car and held out her arms to her son. Okay, big guy, she said. Time to go. I don't want to go, Mama, Rory said plaintively, not budging. At times like this, Hope wondered if her son needed some kind of special ed program. She had talked about it with her husband, Jack, but Jack was a no-nonsense, no-excuses kind of guy, dead set against it. His tech consulting business did a lot of work with the military all over the Midwest, some of it highly classified, and as far as he was concerned, special ed programs were for sissies and slackers, and his son was neither. The same went for conditions like attention deficit disorder and diseases with no physiological symptoms. Nothing that can't be cured by self-control or a good whack on the ass, Jack would say. Hope wasn't sure she agreed with him, but there it was. And so Rory sat through class after class, his mind wandering, his grades mediocre, his teachers frustrated. Oh well, not much could be done about that at the moment. And anyway, Jack was supposed to leave on a business trip to Minneapolis today, so further discussion would have to wait until he got back. Hope reached in and took her son's hand. It was cold to the touch, clammy, sweaty, despite the weather. 
Reluctantly, Rory let himself be hoisted up and out of the car. Can I stay home today, Mom? he asked. In the distance, by the schoolhouse door, Hope could see a man waving at them, telling them to hurry. Later, she would recall that the man was unfamiliar, someone she had never seen before. Ever since Columbine and the other shootings, schools had become much more concerned with security, and strange adults were not allowed to roam the halls. But this man, white, blonde, strongly built, was well turned out in a coat and tie. Must be a new teacher, Hope thought. Strange in the middle of the term. She herself was a substitute teacher at the school, and she thought she knew everybody. In fact, she had a class to teach at noon. Well, she'd ask the principal when she saw him. The bell rang sharply one last time. No other kids in sight. Everyone was in the building, except Rory, who was still holding onto her hand. Before she could answer, his hand slipped from hers, and he suddenly broke away. It's okay, he said. I can handle it. Hope watched him dash across the dead grass, and the new teacher waved him home, like an airplane coming in for a landing. She waved once at Rory's back, but he didn't see her, ducking under the man's arm and through the door just as the bell struck 8 a.m. A brisk gust of wind blew through her, giving her the chills, and it was starting to snow a little. She shook herself to get warm, then walked back toward the car. She made a short detour around the Prius to see if its bumper was perhaps worse than she thought, and was surprised to see that it wasn't Janie Eagleton's at all, but one with Missouri plates. Now she didn't feel so guilty. It was not until she was halfway home that she remembered thinking it was odd they were lowering the iron bars on the school windows just as instruction was starting.